Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yo, it is a Scott Kingery edition of High Hopes as uh, me and my boy Jackie Fritz are here to talk about well, what else other than the fact that the Phillies somehow convinced Scott Kingery and his agent to be incredibly stupid and sign away his career and life to this squad, Jack? I- I'm blown away. I'm floored. When I got texts yesterday in the middle of the day, just Kingery, Kingery, oh my God, Kingery. And I'm like, so the Phillies are making a terrible decision and they're going to bring him up to start the year and, and that sucks. And then I find out that he signed away his future to the Phillies. Jack, what's your take on this? I was so nervous because I saw I was watching the game. I was watching the spring training game, and Klentzak came on, and he's like, "We might have a surprise for you, people, like the Phillies <laughs> fans out there about about Scott Kingery." Like, wink, wink. And I was like, "No, don't you do it. You are too smart. You are like you would it would be such a deviation from the plan and how smart they have been this whole entire run." And like. And, and then I was, I was panicking. I was like, if he makes the roster, I'm going to freak out and be so upset. And everyone's like, oh, you idiot. Like, why would you ever be upset about them promoting a good player? And I was like, you don't get it. You're an idiot. You don't like baseball. <laughs> Whatever. And then as time went on, they brought him up. They announced it. And then I was like, okay, well, he's on the roster. What's going to happen now? And then I was like, the only reason they're going to do this is if, if they have a deal in place with them. That's the only way this makes sense. Klintak's not an idiot. He knows about the service time thing. But the, the good part is, and I think it's a really smart move, is that they, they, they clearly take care of their players, mm-hmm. and they, 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 they make themselves look better for doing this rather than what the Braves did with Ronald Acuna, who was playing unbelievable. Well, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, Acuna is like a generational type of guy. And I mean, we all love down. Scott Kingery. Acuna is, is like you'd trade Scott Kingery for Acuna in, in a second and wouldn't think twice about it. Correct. That's how good Acuna could be. Correct. And, and Chris Bryant was the same way. Yes. And Scott Kingery, I don't think, will be as good as those guys. But Scott Kingery is a really good, he's going to be a really good Major League Baseball player. Dustin Pedroia with more power. Yep. That's a great comp. And a more versatile Pedroia. And also, I mean, when you, I, I'm like, I'm giddy. All right, uh, Scott, Matt Klentak is my hero. I, I love that guy. He was just on the Midday Show today, and I told Joe and John, make sure you tell Matt Klentak that I'm his biggest fan and I love him. They didn't do it because they're jerks, but that's how I feel. Because it's just what, classic them. It's a, right? Come they on, keep guys. You down. Come on. Uh, but it may, uh, like I, I saw the deal, and I literally, I couldn't, 
I couldn't fathom it. Like, I couldn't look at it and believe that this was real life, that Scott Kingery had given away so much time for so little money. And I know you hear a lot of people, oh, he's set up for life, which he is. Look, this could end up being, what, 66 or $64 million total? But if Scott Kingery's a player that we know he's... he's costing himself $40, 50000000 million. Look at, look at Jose Altuve. He just had to sign a massive extension. Like this, he was he's getting paid six million dollars for the next two years, and he's at least a hundred, two hundred million dollar player. Well, that's the that's the thing about this deal that I love so much is that you know, and people are like, oh, well, it's a little risk on the Philly side. No, it's not. The only risk is injury. If Scott Kingery is, look, let's put it this way: if Scott Kingery hits his floor. As a player, what we look is the prospect right now entering the major leagues and look, yes, there's always the Dom Browns. There's always guys who just crater for some reason or another. It's not going to happen with Scott Kingery. You can see what the guy could do. His floor is so high. This deal, if he hits his floor, this is still a good deal. Like, that's how insane this deal is. If he's is. an average major leaguer for nine years. Zach Kozart gets paid $13 million a year. Zach Kozart. That's right. the type of guy who makes $13 million a year. That's the high end of this deal. It's the back end of it. It's crazy. It is. It is in uh, like it is. This is a about as club friendly a deal as I have ever seen in my time watching baseball. Right. Deals don't get much more friendly to a team. That uh, like I can't believe the players. I mean, I get why they are okay with it, but I'm telling you, the players' association not psyched about this. Kingery's agent. I don't know. Should be fired. Should be fired. I mean, this like I was saying before that that if Clentac had brought him up without this type of thing, if they just brought Kingery up like we were we were fearing when we heard the news originally, yeah. I called it malpractice. It would have been baseball malpractice to bring that kid up when you only had to wait two, three weeks. I almost feel like it's malpractice the other way. I feel like this agent, and again, I get it. I know there are a lot of people who are going to be like, you're crazy. That This kid's never stepped foot on a major league field, and he's going to well, make. Just, just have an ounce of foresight. Thank you. Just an ounce of foresight. Thank because you. guess what? If he comes out and he turns into a, an all-star player immediately, then guess what? He's going to cost $150 it's the, million. It's the best dollars. contract in baseball, if that's the case. Immediately. This, this will be immediately. Like, if, if Scott Kingery comes up and, and plays well immediately, which, look, it looks like he's going to. This kid is for real. He's hit everywhere. He's hit everywhere he's been. He's a terrific fielder. He's versatile. He can play, like, what, five different spots on the diamond. You know, we know he can play second. We know he can play third. We know he can play. Short a little bit. It's short, theoretically, you know, he's got the arm. He could play any of those outfield spots if they had to. Obviously, you want him right or left, but. I mean, the versatility he adds, I'm sure he could play first base if they ever needed it, though. Yeah, they but he's 5'8", so yeah, probably you, you, not. you wouldn't want him there. And, <laughs> probably and, and, and not look, a good idea. It would idea. Never, never really happen anyway. But just the versatility, the, the hitting at every level, the consistency of the bat, the the and then, you know, the whole work ethic and the way this kid approaches the sport. I, I think they trust him. Like, they wouldn't give this deal to a guy that didn't completely trust was going to put in the work. 100%. It's like Carson Wentz. Like, everyone's talked about how his, his mechanics were flawed and whatever. Buy into the kid. Buy into a, if a guy works as hard as he does, he's going to figure it out. It's a great I, point. I feel the exact same way about Scott Kingery. I think he has all the upside in the world. I mean, second base, like he could be one. Like Cesar Hernandez has been a top ten second baseman for the last oh, in three a years. second. I mean, right? Like he could be a top five second baseman in the next couple years. Like that's how good he could be. Like. And comparative, like second base is a little shallow across Major League Baseball right now compared to other positions. But yeah, I think I think Kingery could pretty quickly be one of the better second basemen in baseball. I think he could be, you know, uh, your option at third base if Michael Franco doesn't work out. I know that is heresy to your ears, especially after the Michael Franco love fest I listened to on the last edition of I So you and Gilio just nons. I want to jump through my iPhone and be like, guys, but. 
Uh, look, I, I'm I'm excited uh, as excited as I can be about Franco. But oh, by the way, Kingery just went yard. Of course he in did in his spring training. Of game. course he did. Worth it. He's uh, worth the money. It's already a deal. Uh, it's already. Yeah. But, I'm just. I'm so curious. Like first off, first off, before I address your fr- your Franco slander that continues <laughs> to come out of your mouth. <laughs> that continues to come yeah, out of your mouth. Love fest. You should just labeled that podcast Joe and Jack fawn over Mike Franco. He's stepping straight, <laughs> and we'll get there in a second. But I'm so curious to see how they're going to handle Like, So Cesar's his, – his days here are, are numbered. Absolutely. They're numbered. And I think Cesar's great. I think he's at a 370 OBP for the last three years, a 280, 270. Well, he's worked it up. I think he was like – you know, that's the point. Is he's shown – like he, he learned how to have an approach. He learned how to be a patient hitter. He learned how to take walks, and, and it's really paid off for him. Eventually, Kingery's going to be your second baseman, but – He's just this this first year, at least, or at least until July, he's going to be in a Chris Taylor esque role. Absolutely, where it's second base one day, shortstop one day. If Franco struggles third base, yeah, it's Mar it's Marwin Gonzalez, but better. Right, and I, I'm just so I don't. We talked about this with with me and Giulio. I don't think we know what to expect with this Phillies team. Like we're gonna have to change the way we watch baseball. It's not gonna be your conventional like. There's your first baseman. Totally today, not. And there's your left fielder for today. That's like, Gabe King Kapler. Is gonna, Kingery's gonna play center field. Sure. He's gonna play center field, and Herrera's gonna have a day off. They are so obsessed with load management. They are so obsessed with not tiring these guys out. And Kingery being on this roster, having the versatility that he does, it's just adding another dimension to a weird era of Phillies baseball we're walking into. Well. I mean, it's really the next era of baseball. If you really look at the signs and look at the way major league teams are going about it, I just mentioned Marlon Gonzalez, the Houston Astros. Yeah. They did pretty good, right? They're building it the right way, you might say. Did the process Uh, work with the Houston Astros? It's hard to say, you know? (laughs) World, won a World Series, have like the best young team in baseball. I don't know. Was it worth those three years of of losing? (laughs) Oh, my God. But yeah, that that stupidity beside the point. Um, I, I think it's a great point. And I think that Kapler, we've already seen, obviously, you know, a lot of people have talked talked about the outfield shifts a lot but i think we're seeing that kapler clentac you know the, the the new kind of way of looking at the game looking for market inefficiencies using analytics in different ways all that type of stuff i think that's a, another example of it i think the low management thing makes all the sense in the world why are these guys playing 162 games over 180 days or whatever like uh, ripkin did it of course he did sure but you know what i mean like it's a, it's a grind baseball is a grind and for guys to maybe it is smart to have guys play 145 games instead of 162 i'd be interested to see how that data shakes out uh, you know it might not be the best for their numbers or whatever but in terms of, of having everybody fresh for for what's you know the most important part of the season if you can make it to october i don't hate it I don't, and I love the lineup stuff. I love the the versatility that they're looking for. I love that we don't know if Freeze Hoskins will be the two hitter, the four hitter, the whatever. Like I love. Well, either way, it's gonna be it's gonna be Santana, Santana leading at two. off. I love it. Like I'm I'm just I'm very in on the organizational philosophy and approach. Right once again, once again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Every day we wake up with a modern baseball team, <laughs> I and I think that is so exciting. It's beyond I think exciting. we're un- I think for years we have underrated how awesome it is to have a fun baseball team. Like people forget how much that those Phillies teams in the late 2000s they owned this city. They owned this city, and the people that say baseball is dead are just morons, and they've been morons for years because it's not dead. It's just a regional sport to where, like, if your team is bad, you're not going to pay attention to the rest it's of the exa- sport. Jack, it is the most regional sport. It is the regional sport. Like, that is what baseball so has become. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, a perfect example, WFAN in New York, the biggest first sports station ever. They will talk baseball over any other sport. 
always. It's not like here in Philly, you know, if you listen to sports radio, you know it's Eagles, 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 and then we mix other stuff in when they're good, whatever. But, like, you go to WFAN, they're talking Yankees-Mets in December. Like, it doesn't matter because people care so much about those teams in New York. It is local. When the Phillies are good, people give a crap about this Phillies team, and it'll be exciting. And I think there's an excitement around the team now. I mean, Kingery, Kingery to me, is a is an absolute culture changer. Like the way he oh, plays, the way the, he goes about his business, everything he does. I think him and Hoskins are the future leaders of this team. They are and Crawford to an extent, but he's just he seems quieter and will go about his business mm-hmm. and do his thing. But Hoskins and Kingery are are culture changers. They are coming in here. They are the 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 core. And teams know that when you're coming into Philadelphia, you got to face. Kingery and Hoskins and everyone else get behind them. And I know I know Kingery's never stepped foot on a major league field, but watch the way he goes about his business at spring training, how dominant he is there, how much his teammates respect him already. It's it's insane. It, it is the it is the start of something new with these two guys, and I can't I can't get more excited about it. I, f- I feel exactly the same way, especially when you consider these two guys have been friends for a long time, played together in the minors together. That's not like it doesn't matter, but I think it I can't hurt that these guys kind of have this relationship and at the forefront of this. But even more so, I think you make a great point with that, with the way these guys go about their business. I mean, Hoskins is a baseball nerd. Like, we just had him on the Midday Show today, too, and it was an interview all about how much film he watches and how, like, he approaches pitchers and all this, like, nerdy stuff that I I couldn't get enough. I could listen to him talk for Were you pacing around the— I was was losing my mind. I was like, ah, I want to hug this guy. (laughs) Um, But but that's what you see. You see this dedication to the craft, this this work ethic, all that type of stuff. And then I think an interesting parallel to that— was the decision for the specific veterans that the Phillies had brought in here. Because I do think that Hoskins and Kingery and Nola, those are the guys that are the future, but to bring in, and we already talked about it with Arietta and what that guy does for the pitching staff and for those youngsters and to set an example and the workout and all that type of stuff. But I think Carlos Santana, too. We've already seen it with the Michael Franco stuff. And Matt Klintak said, said on the show the that when they first met with Santana after they signed him, it was his idea to go to Franco. He brought up Michael Franco to them. That's the kind of stuff that that where you have a young team with a ton of talent. When you have a few guys like that, you can kind of just show them the way a little bit. I think I think veteran stuff. I think the, all that's somewhat overrated. I don't think you have to have that to succeed, but I don't think it hurts in this specific situation. I think it's a nice group that they have going, and I think it's a group that really could move into the the future both quickly and very uh, smoothly. And they were all at Kingery's press conference today. I know that was which, cool, which made me so happy. That was really cool. Well, well, especially because, like you said, I think that's the, the what Kingery brings outside of just. And again, we, you mentioned raking in spring training, raked across Double A, raked across Triple A, like hits everywhere he goes. Raked and last year in spring training. That's what I'm saying. Like just everywhere he goes. But also, it's like you said, it's that work ethic, it's that love of the game this kid has. Like when he's out there playing baseball, you 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 really believe that he's having a great time playing a sport, which is what you want out of all of them, right? It doesn't always seem that way, but Scott Kingery, I think he changes the mentality, that changes the way guys feel about the game on an everyday basis. Again, 162 games is such a grind. When you have guys who are always excited to go out and play, who always bring that passion, that fire, I think it makes a difference. And this year. Starting on Thursday, it's going to be a breakout year. It's there. It's all signs are pointing towards a breakout year. Mm-hmm. You have you have the Arietta being brought in. You have Kingery being up here. I think the Kingery uh, being around a major league club from the beginning is just going to add a level of juice to these guys and let them know that they're they're here. They're serious about winning immediately. Uh, Santana. Every time I watch Santana, I'm like surprised when he gets out because it just, he just looks like he absolutely rakes. And he's all such time. a smart hitter, man. Like he is so. 
professional about his at-bats. You know, every at-bat he goes up there, he's like Hoskins. He studies every pitcher. He looks at their tendencies. He's like, all right, if it's 0-2, what are they going to throw me? If it's 1-2, what's he going to throw me? If it's 2-2, what's he going to throw me? All that type of stuff that, you know, the Phillies of, of four years ago, you would have been like, well, that's not happening. <laughs> Just let the, what, what yeah. is that? They've got now a lineup you, of tough outs. Not exactly. And they got a lineup of guys who understand hitting. they got John Melee. I, I think he's making a big difference already, and I know – Franco, we'll he's see. stepping straight, yes. Yeah, but I, I, I think I look. I think if there's one guy, if you want me to, and I'm never going to be as excited as you and Julio were about Franco. I, I get it. I want to be excited. I, I used to be excited, but listen, it's, I got him for a dollar in our auction draft. I, you did. Was it a steal? Can we call it a win? <laughs> Not yet. Clear win. I don't know. But that's the thing is that I'm, I'm. Look, I don't. I still. I need to see it from Franco to believe it. But. I do really like John Mealy, and I like what I've seen from him. I, I think he's going to bring something. I don't know if he can fix Franco or not, but... Well, I think he's already fixed Alfaro. And, like, Alfaro's hitting approach, I've been just blown away with. Yeah. Because last year, he was chasing pitches out of the zone. Of this course. year, he's just... He was like a, a three-walk to 90-strikeout type guy, you know, theoretically. Yeah. Like, that type of guy. By the way, they keep showing us stats from last year. He has the most deceiving 318 average I've ever seen oh, yeah. in my it was entire not, life. It, yeah. Like, like it's yeah. like you did not bet three eighteen. No, let's stop. That's the most fake news of fake yes, news. Yes. Uh, but Franco, listen, man. All I'm saying is that I was looking. Thanks. Shout out to Ben Harris, who is phenomenal. Does a great job. Uh, actually, it wasn't Ben Harris, but it was on the Good Fight, and they're they're breaking. They did a deep dive into Michael Franco. Do you remember the Michael Franco game in New York in 2015 when he had two homers? Off of Santana or off of uh, Sabathia, and I forget the other pitcher's name. Vaguely, yes. So he went off, and it was like, okay, Michael Franco's a rock. Yeah, I remember that. He's starting to get back to that stance. Like the the he wasn't open. He was closed. He didn't have a big leg kick. He was just turning his inside foot and letting it rip. The guy is back. He had three homers in two games the other day. He is just like he's he's arrived, and it's not like other years. It's not like other years. <laughs> Yesterday's homer was off of Brad Brock. Okay, here's who a- I think Brad Brock is. Un- I think he's a one of the best clo- best relievers in the wow. game. Wow. Well, I think he's good. I think he's I think a really he's, good. He's fine. He's, he's good. He's a good. Clo- he's a good reliever. He's a really good reliever. He's a good reliever. It's not like he's hitting. He's off not some Zach scrub. Britton. All right. So. He's not Zach Britton. I think he's one of the best. Middle to late inning relievers. I mean, he technically, is the closer until Britton comes back for I what get. it's worth. But I know what you're saying. Look, here's the thing. I. Is it? Is it? Can I believe that Michael Franco could be good? Yes, the skills are there, the talent is there. We've seen it before, and he's only twenty five years old, twenty six years old, whatever. So I'm not saying it can't happen. I just need to see it. What I will say is that if it does, because I'm looking at this Phillies team, and I've already said playoff contender, all that stuff. I'm looking at it without Michael Franco. I'm looking at him as a zero because I can't give him anything until I see it happen outside of spring training in real Major League Baseball games. But, man, man, if they get a contribute like a, a legitimate contributor. If you get and Michael, 30 and 100 Oh, my God. Like, uh, they're making the playoffs. Like, if Michael Franco comes through, they're making the playoffs. Like, they, it's that big a deal. So, Hoskins, I'm, at, I'm between 30 and 35 and 100. 35. Okay. Uh, 25 and 30 and 85 for Franco? Well, I mean, if you – well, look, he had 24 homers last year and he sucked ass. Yeah, 25 so, and 30. Sure. I'm saying yes, but but it's the more the key is, does he have a 287 on base percentage or a 387 on base percentage or even a 350? On, I need I need I need the 340 350 on base percentage for Michael Franco. 
360, somewhere in that range. So I don't think that's physically Probably possible. not going to happen. All right, fine. Give me a 330 on base percentage. Yeah, Give I'll take it. something above a 300 on base percentage, and I'll feel significantly better about my girlfriend. It's my boy. And then we got Aaron Altair in right field. Is going to be a, <laughs> What do you think is going to happen with the Altair Williams thing? I just can't. Is it a straight platoon? I mean, I, or, or I, look, with load management and all that stuff, they're going to get guys in there like we talked about, but... I mean, Altair has to get the greater share of the bat, even though it's the, the other side of the platoon. In my mind, I think we agree Altair is better than Nick Williams. Well, I think I think I think the Phillies view it the same way. I they mean, should. If you, if He's a better read, player. If you've read Gelb, any of these guys, they're like they're pretty much saying that Altair is going to get the the lion's share of the playing time. Which he should. And then whenever the odds are in Nick Williams' favor, he'll play. Hunger Games style there. Kinda. Good but work. like whenever the analytics <laughs> suggest that. That Nick Can Williams. we just call him Nick Katniss Williams now? No, no? because he's not good, and I will, <laughs> I will go down in my group. It, it's so bad, and I do this every spring training. I've talked myself into like all the except Abdul Herrera winning the batting title. I love Abdul. Well, of course, he's not going to batting title, but he's good. I think you can bat three hundred. Listen, this thing about Abdul is like. He could just mess around and win the batting title Dude. if he wanted to. He's like he could be so good, and the fact that we can't get it out of him is is kind of annoying. Even though like those three month stretches where he's the best hitter in baseball ah, are fun. It's great. Uh, it's just coupled coupled with a one eighty month. Yeah, which well, is, same thing fielding too. Like he'll like he sometimes looks like the best center fielder in baseball, legitimately. Yeah. And then other times he'll literally just run in on a ball that, like just have the worst read on a fly ball you've ever seen. It just goes over his head. Like it's so crazy to me. I don't get why he's so. I don't get why. So, and then remember that one month where he just walked every single at bat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so he can walk too, and he can hit. I'm just like, hey, why not? I'm gonna throw this into the repertoire. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Um, I don't know. Like, I I'm just so in on these guys taking huge leaps. If Cesar can be Cesar again, uh, I think Carlos Sant like Carlos Santana is probably the most reliable hitter in the entire game. One for, of them. From, yeah. from a well, let's put this way. I think he's the most reliable on base guy. In baseball, potentially, like I mean, other than you know Trout or someone like that, you know, I'm talking the like middle someone, level guys. the middle level guys. I'm talking about like he's he's like between 360 and 366 every year of his career. Yeah, the model, every year, it's the unbelievable model of consistency. Yeah, uh, if you can get a jump from Franco, I mean, they're gonna score runs. Yep, they're gonna score runs, and that's why we talked about how important it was to get Arietta because they're gonna score runs, but they might not be able to stop runs coming in. Well, that's gonna be the issue, right? But the bullpen's really good. I don't know. I'm excited about the pen, I, and I think that's the the one aspect of the team we've talked. So little about it. I know you and I have gone back and forth, and uh, R.I.P. Fernando Abad on this team. I'm very sorry good that, run. that uh, he didn't make the it squad. It was an exciting time. It was, it was fun. It, fun while it lasted. But uh, I really like what they've done with this bullpen. I think Tommy Hunter, that one of the better contracts signed this offseason considering what other middle relievers went for and how as good or better he is than a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, bringing Neshek back, I love that. Why not? <laughs> you know, bring him back, trade him, whatever. Um, but I think with Neris, I think some of the young guys, I mean, Adam... Who saw Adam Morgan becoming one of the most devastating lefty relievers in baseball? Because he is. Like, Adam Morgan is a, a top 10 lefty reliever in baseball right now. Like, Throwing 95. What, what is that? Like, where, how does that happen? So, I, I, you know, Garcia, Ramos. I mean, they got arms. They got arms. Edibre Ramos. I love Ramos. Yeah. I mean, that kid can throw. I if he can harness it, he can throw, man. I think he has 16 strikeouts at, on 36 batters face this this summer or this Not spring. Uh, he's, I, I, think, I think I was reading Gelb. He said that uh, Ramos is going to be the long guy if needed, like the first guy out of the pen to shut down a run if a team's on it and one of the starters is in trouble. It's probably going to be Ramos first sure. out of the pen and in the though Chad I Green. Do, though I do think, yeah, oh, God, Chad Green. Give me Chad Green. Um, I do think that Kapler is not going to be conventional with his bullpen usage. I think it's going to be very, all right, who's my best guy in well, this specific situation? nine situation. relievers. That's what so. I mean. Like I, and so, but I, do, I think that makes sense for Ramos, but I could also see it being something where it's really dependent upon the specific matchups. 
Almost there. We are almost there. Thursday. I can't wait. Like, can this season start already? I mean, it's, I mean, it's geez, Louise. It's uh, Jack and I are going to come with a uh, a over unders pod for all you baseball lovers and gambling lovers, but mostly baseball lovers. Yeah, because well, it's just a way to talk about the league. It's going to be fun. We're going to bust it out. Jack is the king of baseball over unders. Yeah, well, I was really good two years ago, and then last year I took a major step back. But it's okay. We'll get back. I think we, I think we could start by saying over seventy seven and a half by a mile. Yeah, I mean, I'm, the I, Phillies I, right are winning. Now, the Phillies are going to be over five hundred right now. I'm at about eighty three. Yeah, eighty four is where I'm at, and that was I was at eighty four a couple days ago. So, Kingery, and now we got Kingery, who's a culture changer. Eighty five, eighty six, maybe. The, uh, I mean, the he's, the, he's got to be a, as a I mean a two win player at least as a as a rookie, depending on how much he plays, maybe even more. <laughs> don't you think? I mean, the type of guy he is, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I think excited. It was I'm good... talking specific war, not like actual. I'm talking analytics. Yeah, and. I think we're going to have to really adjust the way we watch baseball this, yeah, this summer. But it's going to be fun. So uh, Emergency Kingery Pod is through. We also talked about uh, just everyone's taking a huge step forward this year. No worries about Arietta no, at all. It's going to be great. He hit 95. When he well, hit I nine, couldn't believe that. When he Barchard came running into the – I was producing. Barchard came running into the He was like, he hit 95. He hit 95. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? He's like, Jake Arrieta. I'm like, oh, man, really? Yeah, he had 95? And he, he said after the game. He's <laughs> like, was it a legit reading or like, really? He said after the game, if I hit 95, watch out. Like, oh, just like, because like, if I'm getting back to 95 miles oh, an hour, Jake Arrieta, it is, it is over. So, I mean, this is the this is the official talking yourself into the Phillies making the playoff podcast. Oh, on yeah. This will be this will be one of many, I think, of those. I don't we're think gonna, that we're yeah. going to at old takes exposed at, when I post this because so they can just listen to it and then they'll retweet it. I love someone. that. That's a great. Come at us. Come, Phillies are making the playoffs. Come at us, old takes exposed. Matt Klentak is our baby. We are all oh, witnesses. God and my hero. He's really my hero when I think about it. That's the best way I could say it. I, you know, Aaron Nola's our baby. Reese Hoskins our baby. Scott Kingery's our baby. Matt Klintak's our father. That's the way I look it's at a it. Very young father. He clearly made some bad decisions. He's like as a, a young year man. older. He's like a year older than me. So you know, could have been you. A, I get excited when people are older than me because that never happens anymore. So could have been. Could have been you. Could have been. Yeah, sure. Could have been me. So hopefully we get marks here and here in a second. Yeah. So we already did. We already did the the first part of the podcast, but. Now we've got to bring on the other member of the High Hopes podcast, Johnny Marks. How excited are you about Scott Kingery? Um, I am. I'm, I was reading something on Saturday about how this is becoming the new trend in baseball to sign the young guys and, and buy out their arbitration years or their pre-arbitration years and get them hooked long-term. Little did I know the following day that Kingery would sign what essentially is a nine-year, $65 million contract. Yeah. It actually, a lot of people are overreacting and saying that, oh, what's he doing? He's actually going to probably make about the same amount of money through his arbitration years if he would have just held out. Maybe he'll make a little bit less. Um, but he gets that security. The great thing that I see from the Phillies' perspective is the three option years. Yeah. This guy's under contract until 2026 if they want him to. It's amazing. So, and it goes right through his prime. Goes through his prime, and this isn't a guy that you worry about being a knucklehead or anything like that. He's never shown a history of injuries. He's going to get one contract, I guess, at 32 where he'll still be viable. But you get him locked up right now. Most importantly, he starts the season with them this year. He's going to get 120, 130 games. Uh, I don't care. Well, they're going to move him around. Right, and the minute Franco stinks, he's going to be gone, and Kingery's never going to give that job back. So it could happen in the first week. So you, I saw you tweet last night, and I thought it was really interesting. You, you compared this team to the 0-1 Phillies. Correct. And Because wh- I don't really remember because I was like eight. But like, what caused the jump from what, 66 wins? 65 to 86. Yeah, and 
you see the similar thing going on here with Kingery and a Rollins comparison. Terry Francona was a player's manager that wouldn't rip anybody that I don't want to compare him to Pete McCannon, but along the same lines. And the team, while they quote unquote played hard for him, they had no sense of urgency. They had no energy on the team. They actually didn't even, they didn't have any starting pitching. The lineup was pretty good if you look at the lineup. Jimmy Rollins in 2001 came in with Larry Boa, and the dual new manager, new player, young rookie energy player, just ignited the offense. Jimmy had double-digit triples, 46 steals. Um, he was just amazing, and he really became the fabric for that team starting that year. It was just a different team with Jimmy Rollins in the lineup. I see the same thing with Kingery, and I see the same thing with not like Boa, because Boa rubbed a lot of guys the wrong, the wrong way. Yeah. But having a new guy in there that's not McCannon, after talking to all the players down there last week, they love him, and they really do. They think the moving around the outfield is a little bit weird, but it's going to be it's going to be a great season. I predicted it's not official yet, Jack. <laughs> I'm in at least the mid-80s right now. Yeah, as we, far have, as we have talked about that too because it, this is now the time where we all talk ourselves into the team. Like It's three days before the start of the season. This is now when Altair's an all-star, uh, Abdubal's back, Franco's back. It's all this turning. line. This lineup's excellent. This lineup. It's. I was looking at the O one lineup. This is. I would take this lineup if I was. It's similar because you have Abreu, you have Rowan, you Burl. have some guy Burl, you have some guys, but this has more upside. Yeah, Kingery is a Kingery is a culture changer. He is. No, he he can change this lineup. He can insert energy similar to what Hoskins did last year when he came up, but even more. That's gonna do it for this episode of the High Hopes Podcast. Uh, look for the Over Unders Podcast a little later this week, but be excited. Stay excited. Scott Kingery is a Philly. This thing is starting to feel real.